Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blood of the Void, our Klingon Star Trek Adventures live play. We're back for our second game session. Um, this has been kind of a unique month because we're doing this uh, in a little bit more rapid succession than we, we, we normally do. It's usually one game a month, but uh, because this was our launch month, we're uh, evening it out, so we're doing twice. We've also got another game coming up. I'll go ahead and just kick this off and tell everybody that uh, StreamPunks has got a live play panel for Gen Con. It's coming up this coming Friday at 10 a.m. their time, 7 a.m. our time. <laughs> it is a free panel, so you guys can just log in, search for events under the Gen Con thing. It is going to be a crossover episode, so you are going to be seeing the Clear Skies cast uh, meet up with the Klingon cast. That's going to be fun. Um, and I don't want to give anything away, but it is going to take place on Risa. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> uh, so let's go ahead, um, before we jump into tonight's game, I just wanted to give everyone a heads up. We are in the process of implementing putting live captions on all of our shows. Um, Clear Skies is going to have it next week. We've been meaning to put it up for, for the shows that we've been having right now. We've had limited bandwidth, but we're going to be getting on that because that's very high priority for us. And we're at the technology levels now where it can get done, so it's kind of nice. Um, before uh, I uh, jump into the episode, I just want to give a, a shout out um, to the Ox crew for putting that on our radar. Uh, super, super appreciated. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be getting on that and making sure that that moves forward. It's not a scene, it's not perfect, but it definitely is awesome and definitely helps. So thank you everybody so much for your patience. We'll make sure that that gets handled uh, moving forward. Um, before I jump into tonight's game, does any of my wonderful Klingon kids, do y'all have an announcement? Any announcements or anything you'd like to share that's got going on? Okay, calm down, everybody. Calm down. All right. One at a time. You're muted, Aliza. <laughs> I just want to say, please follow us. We're at Blood Void RPG on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and Facebook. But we're there, so you can follow us there, too. All right, cool. Sounds good. Um, well then, that being our Gen Con announcement, we'll be back, of course, next week with Clear Skies. But that's not what tonight's about. Tonight is about Klingons. So, without any further ado, let's jump into tonight's episode of Blood of the Void. Welcome back, everybody. Before we begin tonight's story of our crew of the IKS Borku, if you really liked that intro sequence tonight, the theme song is now available for sale. Jason Charles Miller has put that baby up, so if you want to own the theme song to Blood of the Void, it can be yours now. Nightbot's got that information for you, so definitely check it out and grab it while you can, because it's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. 
I think we can all agree. Um, let's go ahead and begin. It's been six months since the event that took place in the Rintech system. The IKS Borku was ordered to the planet Taigo Core, which is essentially the fleet headquarters of the Klingon Empire, the seat of power where the shipyards and the most of the ship's defense force are stationed before being sent off on missions. It is the place of concentrated naval might of the Klingon uh, Empire. It was not a pleasant meeting. You were summoned there by General Ledru, who is one of the high command counselors under the command of Chancellor Martok. General Ledru of the House Martok kind of grilled our commander and made sure that she understood that she is not going to be simply accepted into Klingon, into the Klingon Defense Force. She may have a ship and she may have the center chair, but she's going to have to prove herself. Uh, and then sent her on a very important mission. The battle with the Nosikans took place in the Rintek system. Uncovering these Nosikans was sort of like a full circle mission for the Borku. You had had a previous encounter with them before at a shipyard that apparently was rather, it was being used as a junkyard. For the past hundred years, it has not been in use. But for some reason, Nausicaan raiders took a particular liking to this one shipyard. The reason behind it, you have since uncovered, is that they were searching for information on a ship that was constructed in this shipyard about a hundred or so plus years ago, called the IKS Guchmo, commissioned in 2293. All you were aware after your dangerous encounter with the Nausicans is that this ship was constructed by the House of Chang. Since that moment and the completion and debrief of that mission, the IKS Borku was swept under the rug. And for the past six months, you have all languished doing nothing. No glory to be had for any of you. You have been scanning gaseous anomalies. You have been shuttling important dignitaries across the empire. It has been a maddening six months of nothing. So much so that the point is, by month number three, fights began to break out on the ship. As the warriors of the Borku were feeling that anger at wasting away in the void of space. <laughs> with no orders, nothing really of significance. But that changed two weeks ago when the IKS Borku received orders from high command to report to a Federation Klingon starbase out near the borders of the Shackleton Expanse, technically within Federation territory. The station is called Narendra, named so after a colony that was destroyed by Romulans. This colony was a Klingon colony and was a cornerstone moment for the relations between the Empire and the Federation. A Federation starship, the USS Enterprise C, arrived on the scene to defend Narendra, was destroyed subsequently by the Romulans who were attacking the colony. This station stands as a symbol of cooperation between the Federation and the Klingon Empire. 
However, the Klingon general that is in command of this station is not known for being strategic. You have been ordered to report to one General Cargan, a general who has built a reputation for being more of a follow the heart and strike first, ask questions maybe two months later kind of person. He has definitely improved his reputation over time, but for the most part, Cargan... Cargan does what the hell he wants, and he's gotten a reputation for getting the job done in a messy messy roundabout way. There are many within Klingon Imperial Command that believe that Cargan was given the general rank and sent off to Narendra Station because he was the commander of uh, he was the former commander of a starship. He's a member of a great house and they needed to shut him up and put him somewhere where he would do the least amount of damage. Unfortunately Unfortunately, Narendra Station is becoming something of a flashpoint with the, all the upset that's been taking place in the Romulan Star Empire. The instability that has erupted within the boundaries of the Romulan Star Empire since the incident with Praetor Shinzon has left a power vacuum and commenced into a power grab. As a result, there is instability along the, the Romulan border. There's rumors right now being spread across High Command that there could be a possible Romulan civil war on the horizon. The power grab, for everyone's knowledge, is between two major factions within the Romulan Star Empire. The Romulan Senate, which has ruled the Romulan Star Empire, and the admiral that is currently leading the Tal Shiar, one Admiral Sila, who has been gathering a lot of favor, incurring a lot of power under her control, consolidating a lot of admirals to her flag. It can't be a coincidence that Cargan has requested a greater Klingon uh, presence at Narendra Station. We begin tonight's game with the Borku coming out of warp just into the system where Narendra can be found out in the deep space of the Shackleton Expanse. This is the Narendra sector, and out here there's not much except for a great big splash of purples and golds from a nebula off in the distance and one very bizarre looking Federation Starbase. Federation Starbases have an aesthetic that to a Klingon eye probably seems gentle. <laughs> a little too pretty. Um, pretty on par with the Federation. It's unfortunate that this station was built in cooperation with the Klingons and the Klingons didn't have too much of a say over the aesthetic. What catches your eye, Commander, as you all exit warp? Uh, indeed, I think it would catch everyone's eye, especially those closer to the view screen. So you in particular, Ramyan, as you're sitting there looking up from the helm console, the star field comes to a solid state, and you begin to see in the distance uh, a magnification pop up on the view screen of Narendra Station. You see a bunch of civilian starships uh, coming and going throughout the system. You see a couple of Federation starships. You see a very, uh, a, an interesting sight to see at a Federation starbase an Akira-class vessel currently docked at Narendra Station. If you're not familiar with the Akira-class, it is one of the new classes of warships that the Federation developed during the Dominion War. Technically, it was developed for defense against the Borg incursion, but it became more relevant during the Dominion War. 
the USS Thunderchild, according to your scans uh, of the the ship. Also, you see the IKS Kuvat, currently docked at Narendra. The IKS Kuvat is a Vorcha-class Klingon battlecruiser. She is a big, heavy ship. Um, this ship, according to your library computer, will tell you is commanded by one Captain Tagal, son of Matok of the House of Krug. Uh, you're not, you don't know too much about this captain, but a Vorcha-class battleship is a scale larger than you. That's a heavy Klingon battlecruiser. And that it's here at Narendra is a strong Klingon presence. Now, especially with, uh, with your class cruiser coming out of warp, there's a heavy sway into the control of Klingon power here at, at Narendra Station. But that's not what grabs your attention. What really grabs your attention is the Type 2 Derodex class Romulan Warbird that is also currently floating just uh, just outside of the Narendra boundaries, docked here at the station. The Derodex class Warbird is a, yes, Jody, massive ship. It is huge. Uh, easily comparable to the size of a Galaxy class or Sovereign class starship. Uh, it is one of the largest starships in operation currently. The only ship that rivals it in size is uh, the newer uh, class Klingon battlecruisers that are rolling off the line right now. And as you exit warp, immediately you are contacted by Narendra Station. Uh, text messages only basically coming up on the screen, acknowledging your arrival and designating a docking bay for the Borku. Also informing you that General Cargan has been expecting you and that you are to report to his office immediately, all senior staff. You have the con. You're muted, Eliza. It's gonna take some getting used to. Narendra Station, middle of nowhere. Maybe we can rustle up some something fun to do out here. <laughs> oh my god, yes! Let's do something fun! Let's kill anything! Can we just walk somewhere, please? <laughs> <sighs> I've been sharpening my knives for three months now with nothing to stick them into, and it's made me sad. The pouty, murderous doctor, commander, just off to your side, holding two dick tocks that have been sharpened to the point where the blades have almost been damaged. <laughs> but not quite. Let's not meant to spend three months as Klingon warriors in the middle of nowhere in space. I certainly am glad to get to dock somewhere. That's true. I have to say, in the past three months, I've trained my battle shrimp very well. We've been <laughs> tag inside of my quarters. Your uh, Klingon battle shrimp has been learning how to kill on command. We've been battling each other, and it's been delightful! <laughs> All right. Shall well, I initiate the procedure, Commander? Yes, Lieutenant. Okay. Um, you bring the Borku into range. What's that, Jade? 
is it weird that they only sent us a text message? Why didn't someone video conference us in? Is there is that weird? Not, not particularly. No, okay. um, getting, a, getting a, essentially getting uh, messages like that is it's, it's not unusual when it's not a, a Starbase of this size that's getting this much traffic. It's not unusual. It's probably because they're juggling plates right now, getting a bunch of docking procedures initiated for multiple civilian craft and multiple ships that are docked there. So it's not unusual, no. I'm just naturally suspicious at all. <laughs> You're like, is that station in control by Romulans right now? Um, so the Borku maneuvers close. And why don't we do this? Because I am a benevolent GM. Why don't we do a roll for docking procedures at difficulty zero to generate some momentum for the game? How's that sound? So, uh, plus it's also an opportunity for you to roll a 20, which I'm all down for. So, uh, if anybody wants to roll for the ship. I'll do it. All right, great. And this is a so, control con or? This is a control con roll for you. And for the Borku, this is going to be an engines con roll. The difficulty is zero. Just tell me how many successes you get and if you roll a complicated. Am I supposed to do twice? What's that? How many times do I roll twice? You roll one die on an assist. One? Okay, I got a seven. Seven, okay. So add together the Borku's stats and tell me if that's a success. I believe so, 13. Where? It is, I think we're at 14 is the target. The target, so you, the Borku's engines and con are 15 total, so you needed a 15 or oh, lower, okay. so that would be a success, yeah. Does right, my helm so operations uh, count as a focus here? What's that? Does my helm operations count as a focus yes. here? <laughs> yes. In that case, I got three. Okay. So four successes total, so everybody gained four momentum. Love to hear it. So we'll start the game off with four momentum as you pull this Cavort-class bird of prey into a docking procedure with... Uh, Narendra Station. Narendra Station being a very large station, the docking procedures technically are sort of like a synchronized orbit. You're not actually physically attached to the station itself, so the docking is actually quite simple. Maneuvering thrusters as you get closer and you sort of enter into the synchronicity and come to stations keeping. You are now docked at Narendra, not far away from this Vorcha-class battlecruiser. Again, the Vorcha-class battlecruiser was the largest ship in the Klingon fleet until the Negvar began construction recently during the Dominion War. Um, it's quite a sight from the view screen, Commander, to see this Vorcha up close. You've seen them a few times, of course. All of you have been aware of them but none of you have actually stepped foot on a Vorcha. Seeing them up this close, you, you gain a real appreciation for the sheer power of the Klingon military. This is a Klingon battlecruiser that brings a terrifying amount of battle to the field. <laughs> it brings power incarnate. This is a floating gun. It's very rare for anything to survive the onslaught of a Vorcha-class battlecruiser. Um, and being able to see it up close like this kind of gives you all a sense of pride at seeing this thing. Slightly overshadowed by the Romulan Derodex class warbird. 
We're going to cut to moments later, all senior staff, which means all of you, beam down to Narendra Station. The red glow of the Klingon transporter curtain just pulls aside as these energies, these energy particles beaming you onto the station. You arrive in what looks like a sort of a glossy black transporter pad, very Federation. All around you are these well-lit rooms. I mean, that is the biggest shock here, as you went from the interior of a Klingon battlecruiser to the interior of this starbase. So the first thing that happens is your eyes have to adjust a little bit as you are sort of getting light shined down from all different directions. The first thing that happens to you is you materialize and kind of blink away as you see behind the controls are two Federation Starfleet officers, both in uh, what look like yellow operations uniforms. Um, the first, a young black woman, approaches all of you with a big smile on her face. Um, she has a single pip on her uniform and she looks a little nervous, you can tell, just as she approaches because she's not hiding the fact she's wringing her hands just a little bit. And with a big smile, she says, welcome to Narendra Station. I am Ensign Kelly, and I will be uh, escorting you to the General's office when you're ready, of course. Uh, I go up to her, and I put her in a big bear hug and clap her hard on the back. (laughs) You actually, I mean... This ensign who calls herself Kelly probably stands at about 5'10", so you walk up looking up at her. As you step down off the transporter pad, it occurs to her that she's taller than you, and you bind her in a bear hug. There's this moment of shock, and she goes, She looks over at you, Commander, as this sort of this awkward moment as she's waiting for the hug to come to an end. And when you finally release her, she goes, Hello. Thank you. Um, this way. <laughs> I just smirk at Itaj, shake my head. You are led out into this expansive room that has ceilings that vault level upon level over your head and end in a glass ceiling that look out over the expanse of Narendra sector. Often the distance, the twinkling of stars that you can see indicating the direction of the Shackleton expanse. But also you get a fine view of all the vessels coming and going throughout uh, the, the station itself, all of the traffic that's moving through here. Again, as you're exiting this room, you actually get a really good view of the Borku and the Vorcha class uh, cruiser that are just docked outside. But what really strikes you is as you enter onto the station, you are immediately struck with the sheer numbers of Klingons that are stationed here, who move aside when they see you, some of them nodding, most of them just going about their business. But this station is loaded with your fellow Klingons and Federation. It looks like a pretty even spread. And it's a little jarring. You had heard that this was a cooperative starbase, but now you're actually getting to see it firsthand. And it's impressive seeing the great banners of the Klingon Empire cascading down these tall, beautiful, like glossed metal walls right next to the blue-white Federation banners. Um, You also see what looks like an amalgam of the Klingon Swords of Kalos with the Federation leaf symbols off to the sides and a symbol of cooperation, sort of like a, a combining of the two symbols. And you see underneath it Narendra Station established and its star dates, everything like registered of when the station was built and that it's in honor of those who died at Narendra Colony and the future cooperation between the Klingon and Federation uh, governments, respectively. 
this nervous ensign leads you through this winding crowd uh, as you are sort of like stepping through. It looks like a pretty busy day here in Narendra. You do catch glimpses. The main area of Narendra as you're walking towards what looks like the administrative section. This main deck looks like it is home to the social areas of Narendra Station. And in the dead center is this large social area where you can see an open bar along with tables and uh, servers. You also see a, a shocking amount of holographic technology in use here. Every now and then you'll see what looks like a hologram walking by and serving drinks to somebody. Um, you can see the capacity of the hollow emitters in this room are kind of stretched to its max because every now and then the slightest indication that it's a hologram because you'll just see like the resolution uh, lines kind of move through as these hard photonic beings are just moving through the area serving drinks and whatnot. Something you definitely do not see on Klingon ships or star bases. It's a little disconcerting to see these sort of synthetic life forms, if you want to call them that, moving through here. I don't know how a Klingon would view them, but I'll leave that to you all. Um, moving through here, though, too, what I was going to say is you do catch glimpses of Romulan officers sitting at the tables. Now, it's worth noting that the Klingons did fight side by side with the Romulans during the war. However, that was six years ago. And it's not a stretch to say that things have slowly started to feel kind of the way they did before the war. There's this slow rising air of distrust. The alliance hasn't fallen apart completely. But things are turbulent enough that not everyone is confident that this friendly relationship is going to last. Um, eventually, you are led into the administrative sector of the station itself down a couple of corridors it becomes clear that you're entering into the klingon section of the administrative building because you are entering into an area that is lined with red flags of the klingon empire just off the sides of the wall and when you reach the administrative office you come across a room that is filled with klingon paraphernalia and it doesn't look like it's so much as a, a place where trophies are kept it looks more like a shrine to klingon culture so in here, you are seeing holographic images of Klingon opera and Klingon uh, art. You see uh, there are old blades here that are on the wall. Some of them are TikToks. Some of them look like they're old batlets that are in cross patterns. As you approach, you do see what looks like, you suspect off the top of your head what looks like a Jekpui, which is, of course, a servitor race to the Klingon Empire. That's what they're sort of generally called, but in truth, what they are is citizens who have been conquered. They are considered full citizens of the Klingon Empire, um, and they are treated with respect. It is a non-Klingon citizen, somebody, uh, a race you're not familiar with. It looks like they stand about what looks like about six feet tall. They have jagged ridges across the lines of their jaw and a single tuft of hair that comes jutting out a good six inches from their uh, lips, just underneath their lips brilliant brilliant green eyes that are almost alarming and they almost seem like they glow and they're slightly larger than the typical klingon they also have deep sort of rusty colored skin and ridges that go up off the sides of the sides of their head but a flat center that almost looks like a spoon and a shock of hair that ties back into a ponytail they are dressed in what look like black leathers that indicate that they are uh, a like uh, sort of like a, a non-commissioned officer of the klingon empire and as you approach, they immediately stand up 
and in cling, perfect cling on say, the general is expecting all of you. Thank you, Ensign, I will take it from here. And the Ensign nods and says, welcome to Narendra Station. If you need anything, the holographic terminals, of course, will answer any questions you have. The Klingon Embassy is also located on this promenade deck. If you need anything, my name is Ensign Kelly. Enjoy your stay. What about another hug for the commander? What's that? <laughs> what about another hug for the commander? Uh, I, I see the hesitation, and I just clap her heartily on the back and say, I'll find you later. Yeah. Well, okay. And with that, she moves quickly out of the uh, the reception area. Um, the doors open up. Into the general's quarters, you see what looks like a large... <laughs> this does not look like a typical Klingon's quarters. This looks like... The Federation built a quarter, uh, like a meeting room or a meeting quarters for an admiral, and then it was taken over by Klingon because it is huge. Way too much space, unnecessary space. Amenities are also inside that look like a diplomat's room. You're seeing like these seated areas and whatnot of these dark leathered looking couches and a huge what looks like diplomat's rug cast out across the floor, again with the symbol of the Klingon Empire. The desk area, however, looks like it's been claimed by the large Klingon that's sitting behind it. General Cargan, if you remember, is a very rotund, very like thick, very like mean looking Klingon. He is seated behind the chair decked out in all of the general medals, the bandolier, the thick like shoulder plates, and even a short cape that kind of falls off the back. He is in full regaled uniform. He does have what looks like streaks of gray that are starting to cascade down that wavy Klingon hair of his. And behind that Klingon beard is a sneering grin as he sees all of you enter. And he rises slowly from the chair that point is when you realize you're not alone in the room. As all of you are entering, you see standing about 10 feet away from his desk, um, fiddling with what looks like some kind of old Klingon uh, eating blade of like a dagger of some kind, is a woman, looks like perhaps maybe five, eight, five, nine, wearing the Federation red uniforms. She has the Admiral bars across her neck she looks perhaps Indian descent. Her hair is immaculately kept and pulled back. And the set in her jaw and the look in her eyes indicates even to you as Klingons that this woman is no bullshit. She has her arms folded behind her back as so she sets down the knife and Cargan says, so you arrive at last. Admiral Eber, this is the command crew of the Icaeus Borku who we have been expecting. This is Admiral April Ebert of the Federation, my co-commander, if you will, of Narendra Station. Hello, welcome to Narendra Station. As General Cargan says, I am in charge of all Federation operations here, and in conjunction with General Cargan, I am in command of the station. If you need anything, if you have any problems with the Federation activities on board, you can report it to your general, or you can report it to me. I need everybody new who's coming in. If you have any questions, you can direct it to my liaison office, or my XO, 
who will be happy to help you in any ways possible. I have requested to be here specifically because as of recently, we have rather abruptly had a Romulan embassy installed on the station, and this has not been to everyone's satisfaction. And she glances over at Cargan, who just glances back at her with this venom dripping from his eyes. Um, she glances back to you and she says, of course, I don't need to tell you this, but as an embassy sanctioned by the Federation and indeed even agreed upon by the Klingon governments, any conflict between governments will be handled through the proper channels. There was no fighting tolerated unless in sanctioned areas or at sanctioned events. Am I understood? She says with an air of authority looking at all of you. Admiral, uh, where are these sanctioned areas, if you don't mind me asking? She grins and glances at Cargan and says, there's a fight night every night of the week. If you want information, we can get it to you. This is my kind of base. There is no killing allowed at fight night. Be aware of that. You will be subjected to interstellar law if you harm anyone past the point of no return. Am I understood? You are understood, Admiral. Thank you, Commander. I'm gonna leave you all to it then. Welcome to Narendra Station. The Federation is honored to have you here. Cargan? Admiral. She steps out of the room and the door closes behind her and the Admiral just goes, <laughs> Ah, that woman. So, you are the crew of the Borg crew. A ship that I thought had been scrapped. A ship that should have been scrapped. Tell me your names. I'm Commander Bemir of the House of Kivik. Kivik. A minor yes. house. Yes. Minor. But mm. with great peaks and growing every day. So you are the commander then. And he moves around his desk and approaches you. And he raises his chin as he looks at you, Commander, and says, then I will assume I have your utter obedience. What is it that I am obeying to? I am your general. I will tell you what you are obeying. But first, I want to hear that you will obey. I am at the service of the Empire. You talk like a Romulan. He leans in. Do I have your obedience? Or is it time for your first officer to have her first command? I, uh, I put my hand very forcefully on his chest and I say, and I say you not only have my obedience, you have my promise that if you call me a Romulan again, your station as general will not matter when what happens between us happens. Mm. He nods slowly. 
and then moves past you and moves over to you, Adaj, and says, Who are you? I'm Commander Adaj. You want my fealty? Sure, have it. Hmm. One by one, he goes down the line, stopping uh, at you next, Omek. I am Lieutenant Science Officer Omek, son of Bosch. He looks you up and down, Omek, son of Bosch. Hmm. Have I heard this name? You are science officer. Yes, I am. Unfortunately, my father brought plenty of shame to my to my name. He he abandoned us when we were young. He left us, and we don't know where he is. He might have committed suicide, which is, of course, as you know, dishonorable. But he brings shame to our house, and I am here to reconcile all that and bring honor to my name from now on. Hmm. You see, he looks kind of questioningly at you for a moment and before moving on to the next, stopping next in front of you, Ra'amyan. Who are you? I am Ra'amyan, son of Dash, second officer of the Borku. Hmm. Hmm. And finally, he arrives at you, Kotar, looking up at you. And before he says anything to you, you can already see the look on his face. As he tilts his head, you know he's looking at the side of your face. And looking at the side of your face, you know specifically what he's looking at. And when he narrows his eyes back at you and says, and what are you? I'm the chief security for the Boku. I am son Dagar, son Lysos. I am a mixed blood of Vulcan and Klingon, and I am a warrior, General. We will see. And with that, he turns, and as he's moving back down to his desk, the door opens again. And stepping into the room is what looks like a very large, very old... Klingon decked out in refinery in these white furs with a mug in his hand stepping into the room. You can see the lines on his face. This is an old Klingon. But the first thing you notice about him is the bandolier that's cast across his bul- his like bulging chest is the symbol of House Martok as he comes stomping into the room. Um, it's easy to tell how drunk he is the moment he speaks. Because as he enters, he goes, are they here? Is this them? Is this the new crew? <laughs> this is them? <laughs> uh, uh, let, let me let me look at you. Turn around, all of you. Turn around. Uh, which one of you is Bamir? You're muted. <laughs> I am Bamir. Right mm. here. Uh, Commander Bamir. Mm. <laughs> he comes walking up to him and says, Drink! Drink from my cup. Drink to your success. Welcome to Shackleton. I hear you're going to be hunting Romulans. <laughs> and at that point, Gargan says, Silence, you drunken fool! And the ambassador, this 
hefty Klingon just goes, mm, well, drink and I'll be quiet. Go drink, drink. Uh, I, I take his cup and I drink from it. The blood wine is good. It's quite good. It's a little early in the day, but here you go. You, das it, you toss that back and Cargan just says, this is Klingon Ambassador Jal of House Martok. He will be joining us for this meeting. And here arriving, you see the doors open again and another Klingon entering into the room, followed by two more. There's, this room is starting to fill up essentially. Um, and you're starting to get the, the idea that this meeting that you've all been called into, senior staff included, is a, this is a bigger meeting than you expected. This is not a briefing for just the IKS Borku. Um, this Klingon that steps into the room has hair that is pulled back into a tight ponytail that cascades to about to the mid part of his back. Handsome for a Klingon, strong ridges across his face. Isn't built particularly big, looks a little more wiry, stands at about six foot. Um, you can tell from the bandolier across his chest, this is, uh, and from the Klingon, from also the computers, this is actually Captain Tagal, uh, son of Motok of the House of Kruk. You can see the symbol on his bandolier. Followed up by what looks like um, a, two other Klingons. One of them is uh, looks like a woman, uh, possibly medical staff. You're not entirely sure. She's wearing a bandolier of her house as well, but she comes stepping into the room wearing a commander's rank. It's followed by what looks like an engineer from the signs on his arm. Also looks like probably a lieutenant. These two follow in right behind this captain. They're in the middle of a conversation and everyone starts to quiet down as the general begins to take the center of the floor and tell everyone, quiet, quiet, sit. It's time that we all met each other face to face at last and discuss the situation here on Narendra. And he settles into a chair and says, sit. Sit, I'll have blood rind brought to us. Now, what do you all know of the situation with the Romulan Star Empire? At that point, the captain of the Vorcha speaks up immediately, Tagal kind of reiterating what I already informed all of you about, talking about the instability along the borders. A few moments of bringing everyone up to speed, Cargan nods and says, so, I have been instructed by Klingon High Command to share with all of you classified information. This will be relevant particular to our commanders in the field and to our captain as well. And he nods to Tagal. Tagal looks eager and is leaning forward. He's not looking at anybody else. And Cargan presses a button on the console and immediately what pops up is a hologram of what looks like an, a modified Tavaro-class Romulan warbird. Tavaro-class is an old-class warbird, old ship. Um, they've been in service for ages until they kind of phased out when the Romulans became more insular and withdrew into their borders. It's been since the original series to give you, the players, some perspective, it's been since original series Star Trek since one of these types of warbirds has been seen in operation. This one looks a little different, though. It looks a little more streamlined. It looks a little more dynamic. The nacelles look like they're sweeping off to the side like knife blades, emanating this strange sort of greenish glow around the areas, uh, the nacelles themselves. And Cargan slides into his chair and says, So, 
After six months of intelligence gathering, we have uncovered our failures. This, and he points at it and says, is the RRW Ehelra. It is under the command of an Admiral Mindak. Mindak is an old foe of the Klingon Empire. We believe, Imperial Intelligence believes, that Admiral Mindak, with the help of Talshiar agents and enlisting the aid of Nausicaan pirates, has managed to capture the missing pieces that they needed in order to build a new cloaking device that will allow this warbird to fire while cloaked. I believe you all had a hand in unmasking this plot when you uncovered the Nausicaan raid at the station, yes? That was once owned by the House of Chang. It would appear that the Romulan Star Empire, or at very least a faction within the Romulan Star Empire, has managed to refine the technologies that we thought lost to the ages. We believe that Mindak is currently operating within these sectors, here and here, and you see a tactical map come up. We have intelligence reports that say that Mendak has been stalking a Federation starship that recently became stationed here at Narendra, the USS Ross, a Ross-class vessel, one of a kind. She has been stationed out here but was pulled off duty for reasons that Klingon intelligence is still trying to fully understand. But we have reports that this ship has been stalking the Federation starship. We don't know why just yet. Something of value or personal vendetta. But Romulans always have a reason. None of this has been made known to the Federation yet. As of right now, the information I am giving you is classified. Imperial Intelligence is interested in finding out how the Romulans have refined this cloaking device. We have an advantage the Federation does not. Since we were the first to create this technology, we have an edge on finding Mindak. But it will not be easy. And finding him is now your priority. He looks straight at you, Commander Bamir. And at that, when he says that, you see the clenched jaw of Tagal just saying, wait, then why am I here? I was to hunt this Romulan down. And Cargan says, silence. I need you here as a show of strength. You are nothing more than my muscle. And when I need you to do something, you will do it, and you will be silent until I ask you to speak. Tagal, with no resentment in his eyes towards you, Commander, you see the captain sink back on the chair and just kind of glance at some of the other Klingons in the room, but you can see the irritation on his face. And at about that point, Cargan turns to you, Commander, and says, While you are stationed here in Shackleton, Commander, you and your crew are to seek out Mindak carefully. He is cunning. 
but you will have the upper hand. Shackleton Expanse, for those who know the intricacies of cloaking technology, is hazardous to those who choose to use it within the Expanse. A certain type of mineral is required to enforce the hulls of starships here in the Shackleton Expanse. Otherwise, running into these spatial anomalies with your shields down could be troublesome. And he smiles this big, sharp, toothy grin. So, we believe we have a lead on Romulans trying to uncover this mineral so that Mendak can use his super weapon at his discretion within the confines of Shackleton. But that is not your greater mission. Imperial intelligence wants this warbird captured intact. The cloaking technology, I think you will all understand, is important. We must see how the Romulans have refined it, and if possible, take it for our own. The Federation must not know this. Are we understood? And glances at all of you. Each and every one of you, his eyes drifting. It is not an easy task that I am given. But this is the order from High Command. Imperial Intelligence insists that we capture this warbird intact if possible. Your best chances of finding it are patrolling the borders or seeking out the Ross if you can. Her location is currently unknown, but Klingon intelligence is known for being swift with its information. In the meantime, I have a mission for the Borku. Brings up another tactical chart, and you see a sector of space just immediately open up and says, the Borku is to conduct recon operations along the Romulan border under cloak. You are to run silent. There will be no communication with Narendra Station. You are not there. It is important that the Romulans do not know you are near the border. Therefore, you are to remain at a distance from their sensor nets. It is also important to know that even though you have access to Federation territory, since you are conducting an unsanctioned intelligence gathering mission, you are instructed to stay away from intelligence sensors by the Federation as well. Look for evidence of this warbird. We will be giving you the technology to scan for neutron radiation surges. We believe this is the key to uncovering its location of where it has been and where it may be. That data will be uploaded to the Borku immediately. And you, Omek, son of Bosch, and he turns and looks directly at you, you will be putting your science skills to the test. You will be the eyes of the Borku. We must find this warbird before the Federation does. And he leans back and gets quiet. Questions? General, <sighs> go ahead. We, we will bring glory to the Empire. I hope you know how honored we are to take on this mission. 
I want to know, uh, will we be able to reinforce our, reinforce our hull with this mineral so that we may more safely navigate these spatial anomalies and fulfill our mission? We will require a shipment of this mineral. The mineral in question is called Trillium D. It is an insulation that is very difficult to install upon vessels. If we were to fit the Borku with this mineral, it would take some time, time that we don't have. While operating within the Shackleton Expanse, you will simply have to rely upon the good senses of your science officer to ensure that you are not destroyed by a spatial anomaly. Understood, General. Any other questions? Yeah, where can I find the best bloodline on the station? <laughs> the ambassador immediately says, I can show you. I have a shipment coming into my quarters. Every week comes in from the Empire. I would be honored to show you some of the finest vintages. What was this meeting about anyway? Did you summon us here for nothing? Cargan just... That will be all, Ambassador. Go back to your drink. Come see my quarters. Uh, 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 bring song with you. Bring, bring your crew. We'll all have a drink. We'll all celebrate the death of a new Romulan. <laughs> It'll be like old times. And he just starts singing to himself as this old ambassador kind of stumbles out of the room, bracing himself against the wall. Everyone just waits for him to leave. And when he finally leaves, the captain, Tagal, speaks up and says, What of the Romulan ambassador here at Narendra Station and the Diridex-class cruiser stationed just off the bow of this station itself? You want us to remain here just to make sure the Romulans know that there will be consequences to betraying the Alliance? I don't see the logic of that, General. With respect. Cargan glances over to Gaw and says, I understand. You have your orders. Any other questions? How long are we to run silent as we are? Are we to check You're in? Are we to stay silent until we find this warbird? Your mission orders are here. And he hands you and everybody on senior staff data pads, just kind of sets it down and says, you are to proceed under silent running for two weeks and report back. We will update your mission parameters as necessary. There is an emergency channel that I can send from Narendra Station if you are required immediately. But until then, you have your mission. To avoid suspicion, I advise you all to go and enjoy the amenities of the station. You can disembark tomorrow. Yes, General. General Cargan. Glances over at you, Omek. Uh, with all due respect, I don't see why we are being sent out so quickly without the Trillium D. This mineral is necessary for us to navigate properly. 
I feel as though we are just being, with all due respect, used by you. You are. I have your obedience, and I have need for the Empire. If it is your destiny to die in the vacuum of space for being foolish enough to run into a spatial anomaly, then so be it, and I will be rid of one more fool. Any other questions? He says with spittle coming out the side of his mouth. Then you're dismissed. Get out. And he rises from his chair and resumes his place behind the desk. <laughs> Tagal stands up and he gives you this glance, Commander. Um, you get the impression from this glance, the dark eyes under those thick eyebrows and those heavy set ridges. Tagal absolutely despises Cargan. You see the look in his eyes as he just glances at you once. The venom is not being cast at you. And you see he nods to everyone. The engineer and the medic don't really say much after that. They just kind of nod to everybody and sort of filter out as everyone is slowly dismissed. And as people are starting to disperse in front of the general's office, the chief medical officer stops before she turns and leaves and she goes, leans over and looks you directly in the eye, Adage, and says, my name is Commander Nura, by the way. Nuria, if you aren't drunk like me. Oh. Hello, Nira. And I take my hand and kind of stroke her jawline and say, I'm very excited to get to know you a little bit better. She immediately makes this sort of deep growling noise at the back of her throat as she shows her teeth. It is instantaneous everyone around you all just notice like bam it's like two of these these two are like locking eyes for a second and she just says my blood wine is better than the ambassadors i look forward to the chance to taste it and with that she turns and leaves she kind of gives you one last glance as she makes her way down the hallway. The engineer just goes, that didn't take long. <laughs> and he also follows after her. Tagal stands next to you, Commander Bamir, and just says, do you have a moment to speak? Only if we can do it over a cup of blood wine. Follow me. And he also begins to lead you away. Uh, you're now separating from the group. So your commander is going to be following him. The rest of you have free reign until tomorrow morning when the Borku's set to disembark. Should we all go get a drink at the bar? I want a drink, and then I want to fight something. <laughs> we'll find out. Fight tonight is lieutenant. If I'm drunk enough, I might talk to a Romulan. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to take over on every single person here calling me a Romulan? Uh, I, I gesture to the rest of the crew and we all uh, go towards the bar yelling shots, shots, shots. Okay, okay. You guys decide to see if there's anything not synth hall waiting for you at the bar. The Saurian who is serving alcohol sees you all approaching and you 
you see the body posture shift almost like the Saurian is bracing himself. For those who don't know, Saurians are reptilian creatures. They have very large reptilian eyes. This one has sort of this deep maroon pinkish skin that glistens in the light. Um, wearing civilian uniform, not Starfleet or either way, is pouring drinks. And as you all approach, he just looks like he braces himself and says, all right, so, and sets it down and says, welcome to Wasted Space. What can I serve you? A glass of Warnog, immediately. Warnog. Heavy drink. Uh, Warnog's for everyone? Yes. And a very, 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 very large glass of blood wine. And blood wine. Um, I do have to ask, is this... And please don't take offense. Are you asking for this to be... Synth- I'm sorry, I'll, I'll get your drinks. And with that, he moves back behind the bar. Um, all, apo- all, all around you in this drinking area, um, none of you guys seem to stand out. No one's eyeing anybody. There's so much Klingon personnel moving through here that it actually feels quite comfortable. None of you feel any eyes upon you. I mean, aside from the occasional Klingon that glances over and when you connect, it just kind of nods to you and goes back to their drink. But this actually feels very similar to a Klingon Starbase. It just looks Federation, which is a little jarring. And as all of you get your drinks, and we'll pause this scene for a minute, you can't help but wonder what conversation your commander is having with that captain. Um, and about that point, over at the Klingon embassy, the doors, these big, beautiful glass doors with the Klingon em- emblem etched upon them slide open. And the captain steps in, and the glass doors close behind him. This office is sparse and looks like it's mostly controlled specifically by the House of Martok, judging from the emblems that you see on the walls and a lot of paraphernalia you see around here. Again, you see plants, and there's smells in here. It's very. This place feels a lot more comfortable. It feels very homey. Also a celebration of Klingon cultures from banners to house flags. Um, to symbolic images of like the Kittimer Cord being signed. Um, you see all of these things decked out, uh, symbols of the history between the Federation and the Klingon Empire, some of it not that particularly happy. Um, in the back office area, uh, the door is actually still open, um, and you see an ambassador currently leaning over his desk, is humming to himself as he's pouring blood wine, and he says, the, the captain looks at you, commander, and just says, this is the safest place to talk for now. And he ushers you in, and the ambassador looks up from his desk and says, Jagar, you're bringing the commander in here. What are you up to? Tagal just says, we need to talk about General Kargan. The door closes. And the ambassador shakes his head and says, Commander, don't let this one bring you into his plots. He's hated the general. The general is our commanding officer, and you have to obey him. There's no way around that. Tagal turns to you, commander, and says, the general is a fool. He's been put on command here because the Empire is trying to get him out of the way. Everything you've heard about him is true. He is an idiot. He is going to be as much of a liability to us dealing with the Romulans as anyone else. And it's good to pull you aside, commander, and tell you this so that you know what you will be dealing with, reporting to him. I 
do prefer to know when I'm dealing with someone who is without honor. Is that what you're saying about the general? He is without honor? Uh, the ambassador kind of pipes up and says, he's a fool, but he is not without honor. He doesn't respect uh, people with... Um, What? The captain sighs and says, General Cargan has difficulty putting people who are competent in charge of the mission parameters that they should be in charge of. He tries to do everything himself. I think he too knows that he shouldn't be stationed here. But he's also very protective of his position, which is why he constantly sidelines me. I know you've been ordered to radio silence. Here. And he hands you a compad. This is a channel directly to me in my ship. It is on a coded frequency. If you need reinforcements, Commander, we cannot afford to be prideful about this. If there is a warbird out there that can firewall cloaked, we should destroy it. So you do not agree with the General's plan to try to take this warbird and use it for our own purposes? I think the General wants to use it for his purposes. I think the General is trying to accrue glory for himself and get off of his assignment at Narendra Station. I think I understand your meaning. He has no proof of that, you know. The Ambassador speaks up. He's just angry. He's bitter. You're bitter and angry. That's all you are. It's the only thing that propels you and your command. Tagal just turns and says, Will you be quiet, old man? Old man. Stands up from his chair. Yes, I will be quiet. What? Tagal turns back to you and says, That's all I had to tell you, Captain. Uh, Commander. Use that frequency if you ever need me, and my ship will come to your aid. We cannot afford to let this technology escape back into Romulan hands. If you're able to locate him, we're only going to have one shot at him. All right. Well, I take the pad and I uh, tuck it away somewhere. And slide it into your yeah, slide it into your uniform. It's a small data pad. It looks like it's just it's just about the size of an isolated chip. It's got about this large and oh. looks like it actually has a single frequency on it that you can plug into your computer. It will okay. link directly in a coded transmission. Well, I don't see any blood wine, so I need to go to where there's blood wine. I've been uh, in the middle of nowhere for three months to get out here, so you understand why. I need to unwind. Yes, I've been parked here at the station for almost four months now. I appreciate your position. Will you join me for blood wine, or are we done here? I will join you. Ambassador? The ambassador, as you two turn back, at some point in that exchange, sat back down and is snoring loudly on his desk. The mug of blood wine largely empties is spilled out over what looks like a couple of data pads, and he has sprawled. <sighs> Shall we? 
We shall. We have entered into the phase where I am taking scene requests. So right now, you guys can pretty much do whatever you want as you are all entering into the same sort of socialization area. Right now on station time, it is late in the evening. Lots of people coming off duty as the stations are switching. So you see a lot of Klingons and a lot of humans gathering in what is called the wasted space, um, this drinking area that's in the center of the promenade. What would you all like to do? Omek. Uh, guys, General Cargan has not allowed us to uh, carry Trillium D um, on our ship. However, I am aware that it is in the Delphi expanse. So I say before we go on our reconnaissance, we actually explore the Delphic Expanse and try to acquire this Trillium D. Uh, are we not supposed to be a little bit sneaky about why we're here? This is a sneaky, sneaky mission. I think the very best thing we can do is uh, try to blend in and have a really good time to, to throw everyone off the track, you know? Uh, I'm looking around the wasted space and I'm seeing, oh, is that Ensign Kelly over there? Wow. Um, yes. sure. Yes. Ensign Kelly. Um, <laughs> she is sitting at a table with two other, uh, humans and a bullion and it looks like they're all having conversations. That's right. And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was, we don't know where the USS Ross is, right? No, currently, if Cargan's telling the truth, uh, there's no, uh, Klingon intelligence doesn't have a location on the Ross currently. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go, uh, I'll see you boys later. I'll back at the ship. I'm gonna go uh, play a little bit with my new friend, Edson Kelly. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're... <laughs> Ensign Kelly is sitting there talking to a few of her coworkers when she glances up, noticing the small frame of a grinning Klingon woman approaching her table. Um, and she looks at you and goes, oh, uh, Commander, uh, I, I'm sorry, Commander Idaj? That's right, Idaj. It's a pleasure uh, to make acquaintance. You said you'd help me with anything I needed around the station, right? Yes, yes, of course. I, I'm not technically on duty right now, but if I can help you, I will, of course. Yeah, you can help me by uh, drinking all of these drinks I brought over. I ordered too many by accident. <laughs> <laughs> you start setting them down on the table. <laughs> you just see that, uh, like, bullions don't have eyebrows, but the expression is still quite obvious as the shock and surprise as you set down glass and mug, glass, mug, mug, mug. Um, the table kind of eyes in surprise and Ensign Kelly goes, uh, um, well, and as she glances over at the people at her table, they just kind of look at each other and shrug and uh, pull up a chair, please. All right. Uh, I'm going to have a good time here with my new Federation. <laughs> um, you begin to, for lack of a better way of saying it, you begin to get shit-faced with off-duty Federation officers right here in the middle of Wasted Space. Um, they are a little uptight at first, but a few body jokes finally make their way out. And before long, it's hard to tell if you're with Klingons, humans, and Bolians. It's everyone kind of cracking jokes. They seem to laugh even harder at the fact that you as a Klingon find things that they don't find funny hilarious. 
And that usually sparks more humor at the table. And it doesn't take more than maybe 10 to 15 minutes of heavy drinking before you're one of the loudest tables in the space. <laughs> um, what's everyone else doing? Um, I want to slap Omek on the back and be like, you're too serious all the time. And I'm <laughs> Vulcan, bro. Get over it. You need to be having fun. And then I stand up. Who here knows when fight night is? And if it is not tonight, can someone fight me? Oh. Having a good time. And then I'll go. <laughs> Booming Klingon voice that startles tables all around you. You shout over the top of all these conversations that are happening. A few people like Federation officers in particular look kind of shocked and a little mortified. It's like hearing somebody screaming in public at everybody. The Klingons, however, you're speaking Klingon right now. Like they get what you're saying and you get answers immediately as shouting out to you telling you exactly where on what deck, what time it is taking place this evening. Sirs, um, if you want to join me, I'm going to go do that. Um, actually, Barkeep, can I get three more blood wines and two more shots? Uh, coming up right away. And... Bringing them over to the table is a hologram who sets it down and with a big smile and speaking in perfect Klingon, because they're a hologram, smiles at you and says, here are your blood wines. I hope it brings you much glory and honor and smiles at you in what reeks of like, that is such a Federation thing to say to a Klingon. <laughs> like, <laughs> big smile on his face and then moves back towards the bar, setting down that holographic server is well into the, what is the Klingon phrase, uneasy canyon of language use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Warnog starts uh, creeping in after I take a shot with uh, Kotar. Okay. I take a shot, and then I punch him in the face with a smile and say, you better bring honor to us. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, okay, Kotar, I, I'm guessing you just take the hit. That one felt like you tried this time. <laughs> Bam! Your fist impacts with Kotar's face. Immediately, there's this meaty smacking sound against Kotar's lips. Does cause like a little bit of that pinkish red Klingon blood to spatter out the side of his mouth. And you see through that bloody smile, he taunts you back. Um, Laughter erupts around all of you as a few of the Klingons who see this behavior throw their mugs up and salute all of you as you punch Kotar in the face. Um, unless there's anything else, we can cut to fight night. It, who all's going to this? Okay. Um, fight night itself. We'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and do this. We'll do we'll do a summarization scene. Um, Fight night itself, who, first of all, who wants to participate? Yeah, of course you do, Kotar. Okay, so Omek wants to participate, no shit, okay. So Omek wants to participate, Kotar wants to participate, and everybody else is going to sit in the audience, except for Adaj, who is getting drunk with Federation uh, friends on the promenade still. Okay, great. <laughs> and, uh, actually, I take it back, I won't be at fight night. I think I'm actually just gonna uh, hang out with Tagal. 
See what's okay. Uh, and I'm not on the promenade anymore. We moved it into private quarters to have a little ladies' party. Okay. Um, so, uh, so you and the four other Federation officers are now at like one of the larger quarters in the in the uh, Narendra Station. She is an ensign, so the quarters are kind of sparse, but they just remind you of Klingon quarters, except for they've got comfy beds, which is kind of disturbing. Um, but you move your party into that space and begin to blast music and begin to actually enjoy yourselves a little bit. Um, while this is happening, uh, Commander, the conversations that you're having with Captain Tagal, here's what you get from Tagal. Tagal served during the Dominion War. He was also the commander of a Cavort-class bird of prey that was destroyed during the Dominion War. He rammed his Cavort-class bird of prey into a Dominion carrier. Um, lost just about everyone on board and subsequently actually managed to beam on board a Klingon ship that was nearby and continued fighting with the remainder of his crew. Um, he is responsible for causing uh, significant damage to that carrier ship. And just judging from like some of the exploits that he starts talking about the Dominion War, um, you're actually pretty impressed with this guy. He's earned his command of the Vorcha class, but he also is from a minor house, you learn. Um, the other things you learn about him are that he has been stationed in the Shackleton Expanse for about four months now, as said before. And frustrating, frustrating enough, he seems to be one of the reasons why he's furious with Cargan is because Cargan is basically using him and his crew is arm dressing to intimidate the Romulans. But they are not allowed to talk to the Romulans. They're not allowed to approach them. He also lets you know that there are Remans on the station. Now, for those of you who may not know, Remans are the shock troops of the Romulan Empire. They are lethal and they are dangerous. They are easily as dangerous as a strong Klingon warrior. And they have earned the respect of the Klingon Empire. They traditionally were a servitor class within the Romulan Star Empire, but in the past six years, things have begun to change and they've begun to become more equal in Romulan society, which has a lot of people kind of edgy. Tagal is fascinated by the Remans. But he does point out their glaring weaknesses. One, they're very sensitive to the light, which Tagal has pointed out has come in handy. Uh, knowing that, he thinks there's an easy way to disarm and take care of Remans if there's ever an issue on the station. But he lets you know that the Romulan ambassador, and you guys, if you want a name, I've got a name for you. The Romulan ambassador's name is Pagino, P apostrophe J-E-E-N-O. And the command, his, his essentially his personal bodyguard is a Riemann named Rotek, who is about the size of your Klingon security officer, doesn't really talk much, and follows Pagino everywhere. He tells you that Pagino has established warm relationships with the Federation. In fact, because of his relationship with the Federation, he was able to pull strings recently and get an embassy opened here on the station, kind of ramming it down the Klingon's throat a little bit. Cargan's not happy about it. No Klingon on the station is happy about the Romulan embassy being here. The station is called Narendra. 
Bemir. It's named after a colony the Romulans slaughtered. And Tagal does not mince words as he's telling you this. He's leaning over his mug of blood wine, just going, it's an affront to everyone who died in that colony. Having a Romulan step on this station, I would knife every single one of them if I could. Wear the teeth of that Reman around my neck. It's a trophy. He takes a long drag from his cup and sets it down. Pagino has been making more overtures to the Federation than to our ambassador. And don't underestimate our ambassador. It is true that Jal may act like a fool when he's drunk, but when he is sober, he is quite the cunning social warrior. I don't trust Pagino. And I'm not just saying that because he's a Romulan commander. There's something about his demeanor, the way he behaves with the Federation. If he was really here for any kind of diplomatic relations, why wouldn't he be making more overtures to the Klingons on this station? Instead, he warms up to the Federation. No overtures to the Klingons. He's barely spoken to Jal. He has an agenda. I know it. Uh, I, um, I'm pretty saucy at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pull out my dick talk. Okay. And I look at it and just kind of turn it over in the light. And I say, Tagal, you have spent the past two hours telling me about who you do, who you don't trust. I want to know who you do trust. Jal. And maybe you. <laughs> uh, I, um, I now, like, present my dick-talk to him. Okay. And I square off with him in a challenge stance. I only trust people who I can make that official with in some way or another. He finishes the rest of his mug and slams it down the table, and he pulls out his dick talk. And he says, first blood. And then we'll see after that. (sighs) He throws the table aside as he stands up, cups crashing against the floor, and he gets into the fighting stance. Um, The two of you square off. Why don't we, for the sake of this narrative, why don't we make this a single roll? So... As the two of you circle each other, he's got this big grin on his face, like he's enjoying the fact that you might accidentally kill him, or vice versa. As the two of you sort of circle around, go ahead and make your roll, Commander. Um, I'm going to set this as a, this is going to be a daring security check. Difficulty is melee, so the difficulty is one. Okay. I'd like to spend a momentum for another die. Okay. I'll spend a moment. I'm going to spend a threat for another die. Three dice, three dice. All right. Uh, Looking at my talent, I have warrior spirits. When making or the target of a melee attack, I can buy one or more d20 with threat, and I may re-roll my dice pool. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, does anyone mind if I <laughs> do that? What could go wrong? Eric will never misuse threat on us. I love it. <laughs> Yay! An RPG group that doesn't mind throwing threat my way. I love it. Okay, go ahead and make your roll. Tell me what you get. Difficulty is one. Tell me how many successes you get. <laughs> my target is 13. I have five successes. Oh my god. Maybe six if I can bring a focus in here. Since I use my TikTok. I do have Mokbara. Yeah, I have Mokbara. So if you let me use that focus, I have one, two, three, four, yes. five, six. Okay. <laughs> six successes. All right. So you beat him by three. So bank three momentum. Um, We're maxed out. The up? two of you square off and you circle. He swipes at you. His speed is impressive. Um, as he moves in on you, the, you take a stab at him. He manages to grab your wrist, and the two of you lock together with your arms over each other's head, spinning as the two of you constantly, instead of trying to fight each other's strength, the two of you are giving and taking, stepping back as somebody pushes forward in order to try to throw the, your opponent off balance. So there's a spin, and then another spin, as the dick talk sort of angles closer and closer to the ridges of your head. And at the last second, you release the tension in your arm to cause the dick talk to stab down. And as it does, you let go of his wrist, grab his, swing underneath him, putting his arm behind him and causing him to flip ass overhead, <laughs> slamming onto the grate and his dick talk clatters out of reach to the floor. And he looks shocked as he lays there on the ground. You stand over him and he just kind of looks up at you and goes <sighs> with this big smile on his face. I Another. think I'm going to like earning your trust. The fight was to first blood. I walk over and kick his dick talk to him. He takes it up, and the two of you square off again. <laughs> um, real quick, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Ten-minute break. You guys go and have your fight night. We're going to come back and do a narration of that, and then we're going to get underway with our mission. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in about 10 minutes. We'll see you in just a moment. We return in the dark, smelly, locker room-styled space where fighters are preparing to engage each other in combat before a great crowd here at Narendra Station. And currently, standing in front of Rahamyan is Omek, who's kind of like trying to build yourself up into this fight, just kind of like, kind of like getting in the mood here a little bit. Next to Omek is Kotar, just kind of watching. Ramyan, you see Omek is sort of getting in that headspace right now. What are you guys gonna do? Is there a crowd around or is this just like a private area? Uh, no, there's definitely a crowd around and Omek is up next. Uh, I, I yell to the crowd. Um, okay, get everyone's attention. You can take the center, the center ring. Like, so there is a large circle and sort of almost like stadium seating that surrounds this place. It literally looks like an old school and, and our eyes as humans would be like a boxing arena. But the, the ground on the floor is flat and it looks crudely painted. This place is looking vaguely like it's clean, like a Klingon sparring ring with 
some in, some influences in there as well. But yes, if you want to take the floor, you can literally step up into the center of the ring and engage the, the audience if you want. Uh, I do that. <laughs> okay. I, hey, Real quick before you do that, can I whisper to Omic? Psst, hey, you wanna you wanna put a wager on this? Uh, I guarantee whoever can do it in the fewer amount of blows has to buy the tab for the rest of the crew. You're on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so as you two are whispering this, Ramyan kind of confuses the audience a little bit as you take the center of the ring and everyone starts to quiet a little bit. You've got the stage. For those of you not familiar with the crew, the mighty warriors of the IKS Borku, you are in for a treat. For we are the horror that haunts the Nausicaan pirates. <laughs> yes, the mighty Nausicaans, who you may have heard as being fearsome warriors, cower before the crew of the Borku. You will later tonight see the towering titan, Kotar, a weapons officer whose might and skill are unmatched. But up next, you will find no easy challenge. A science officer, you say. Omek, what good can he do? Let you not be fooled by the station of any good Klingon warrior. For this warrior is not merely trained in simple blade combat the way you warriors at fresh out of a Klingon academy would be. No, not indeed. He has the spirit of a hunter. You may have gone through drills. He has the instinct of a hunter and a warrior. Prepare yourselves for a fight. Uh, let's make this a roll. <clears throat> you have a hungry crowd. They are all chanting and cheering and roaring as you make this speech. This is going to be a presence command roll. Sick. And I'll set the difficulty for this at two. At two. Hmm. Anyone mind if I uh, burn a, one of our six, um, uh, the, what are these called, inspirations? <laughs> yeah, momentum. Momentum. Uh, wrong game. Um, you want to get that and get the extra die. Yep. All right. Tell me what Two. you get. Two success. Okay, you nail it. So you actually get the crowd roaring. Wait, um, no, 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 no. Hold on. Sorry. I did math wrong. Oh, three. Three. Okay, so bank one momentum. <clears throat> so you get that momentum back. The crowd is roaring at this point. Um, what I'm going to do is, um, as you step into the circle, Omek, uh, for the first round of combat, I'm going to give you a. It's going to. I'm going to increase the difficulty to hit you by plus one. Um, so Omek, Klingon warrior, steps into the circle. The crowd is chanting and shouting, and you hear the words Borku being shouted over and over. You raise your hands up over your head as like the crowd is welcoming you. Um, and stepping into the dim light, you're just kind of raising your arms up. Uh, this is a uh, sparring match. There are no weapons in this particular match. This is hand-to-hand -hand combat. 
Um, anything goes to end the fight. It's kind of how this goes. So it's this is like MMA basically. This is this is full on old school. Whatever go whatever happens goes. So you step up, and as you are cheering into the ring, um, there is a murmur starting to develop from the crowd. Um, as you are cheering, you see stepping up into the circle is decked out in these dark black leathers that catch the light in such a way that it almost looks like the shell of a beetle. So it's like this dark purple, bluish like glow that kind of casts across it. This, these strange leathers that catch the light in a certain way, completely decked out from head to toe, covering the fingertips with almost uh, like a long collar up to the jawbone. which frames what looks like pale skin and these eyes, these clever eyes underneath these thick ridged like bony outlets that kind of grow just slightly far enough over that it casts a shadow. You watch as a Riemann steps into the, into the arena. You just see this large creature with these pointed ears step in. The crowd kind of gets quiet for a minute. Um, and the Riemann just kind of cracks his neck a little bit and very quietly looks at you as he begins to like move and get himself ready. There is a lot of like murmurs going through, especially the Federation officers. This Omek will be the first time you've ever seen a Riemann. The best way to describe them is they almost look vampiric. They have those angular faces. You can see this almost like a bat-like face with the sort of like sharp fanged teeth coming up from underneath the lips. And he moves over to you. He is about your height, um, about your build. And this Andorian Federation officer steps in the middle of two of you and says, anything goes except for when I say the fight is over, the fight is over. If you continue to fight after I call it, you will be stunned out of your minds. Do you both understand? Nareeman just nods to him and looks at you. And as he begins to back away, the Riemann leans in and says, I've always wanted to fight a Klingon. And steps back from you, Omek. And then you hear the Andorian go, Begin! And he jumps back, and the two of you begin circling. Omek, it's time to make some combat rolls, my friend. Let's do this. All right. So you are going to be rolling daring plus security. The difficulty is one, and it's going to be against his daring plus security. So here we go. No. Okay, cool. Uh, one success. All right. Failure. Actually, I'm sorry. I, I, I rolled a 20. I should tell you that, right? Oh, so you, yeah. yeah, 20 is a complication. Okay. Um, Sorry. I thought we were, I thought I was fighting with the bad left. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no bladed weapons allowed. Um, uh, so what did you roll? You rolled no successes and a complication? Uh, one, one success, one complication. One success and one complication. Um, 
the Riemann charges in at you aggressively. And from the way he charges in, you can tell he is a shock trooper. He is used to combat. The way he aggressively comes straight at you shows that he has no fear of this Klingon that's standing in front of him. As he impacts upon you, it's enough to almost lift you up off the ground. And as you bring a double fist down across his back in a typical good old Captain Kirk Star Trek attack move, um, you feel a cracking sound as you actually impact on him. I need you to make an unarmed melee damage roll since you won that, that fight, you actually uh, you actually beat him. He rolled no successes. So um, look on your character sheet where it says unarmed. Yes. And you're going to roll that many challenge dice. Bam! As you bring it down. Um, okay. Uh, I am trying to figure it out. I apologize. Um, it says damage. Oh, oh, uh... It's not on the second sheet, right? I apologize, sorry. No, it should be on the front page. It should oh, be on the front page of your sheet, yeah. It'll be at the bottom, under weapons. Yeah, I see oh, it right no. under weapons. Oh, okay, it's, uh, task double, uh, daring plus security task difficulty one. Yeah, you, you rolled for it already, so we need to roll damage now. Oh, so okay. Under weapons, it'll say unarmed, and you'll look for the damage rating. Okay. I believe it's two. Okay. What's your security rating? Security is four. Okay. So you're going to roll that plus your... This is going to be... All right, so go ahead and just roll those uh, damage dice for me. Three and a six. Uh, okay. So that's one, one damage with an effect? Yes. So you can use that to get a knockdown if you want? Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> you win this round of combat. You're going to do one point of damage to him. And you're going to activate the effect for knockdown. So you impact your fist on the back of this Riemann right between the shoulder blades. And it's enough to actually send him down to his knees. He rolls over, and as he tries to get back up, you see he's disoriented, and he goes down to one knee again, which causes the entire crowd to roar. Um, I'm awarding myself one threat because you rolled a complication. He gets back up and rolls his shoulders a little bit and comes back in at you. So we're going to roll another combat round. So roll 2d20. Difficulty is one. Woo, two success. Three and four. Nice. All right, so you're gonna get. You're gonna get. Uh, you're, you're actually gonna win again, and I rolled a complication. Actually, I rolled. I actually rolled two twenties, which I have not done in a while. <laughs> so, um, so I tell you what we're gonna do with two twenties. I'm gonna activate some narrative, some narrative uh, power here, and. Uh, go ahead and make your damage roll. Tell me what you get. Uh, two. Two points of damage? Yeah, just two. Did you? Okay, cool. So you smack him down again. As he comes charging in, um, he throws a fist, and you manage to move out of the way. As you move out of the way, you bring your elbow up into the bottom of his chin, and his head snaps back violently. And he goes pitching out of the circle and collapses into the ground, unconscious. 
It looks like the impact of hitting the floor had just as much of a, of a strike as your elbow did. And the crowd begins to roar <laughs> as you manage to take down this Riemann rather soundly because the GM was having a really bad night on dice rolls. Um, uh, there is a roar from the crowd. Uh, it goes up. All of you begin to feel the adrenaline rush rushing in. The rest of the night follows in much the same way. Kotar, your fight does not go very well for your opponent, uh, <laughs> especially because you stand a full head and a half taller than them. Um, as you end up fighting another Klingon Kotar, and just to make a long story short, this is one of those Klingons that cannot match you but refuses to go down until you grab him up by the collar and physically beat him into unconsciousness, which gains him a lot of respect with the Klingons in the crowd. And people cheer both of you as he lays in a pool of his own blood and is dragged out of the circle. Um, the night passes. Goes in pretty late. The next duty shift comes and goes. The stars outside the window of Narendra Station spin as the station rotates. And when you awake, Bamir, you are lying naked next to the Klingon captain who's this, who has essentially is in the quarters right now of a smashed Klingon's captain's quarters here on the Ranger Station. Furniture has been overturned. It looks like plates have been thrown against the wall. Um, there is scenes of violence all over the place, including bite marks all over your body and his as well. And he groans a little bit as you stir from your sleep. Ugh. <laughs> I really needed that. He leans back on the bed and stares up at the ceiling and just says, Klingon warriors were not meant to waste away in the void of space. You and I, we seem to be destined for false glories, commands of warships, and then not being given orders to do anything with them. You and I are going to have to claim our destinies from the fools who are in command. That's what I think. And he looks over at you with this mischievous grin on his face. Well, that's what I'm doing. It is one thing to, to pledge your allegiance to a general who may or may not be misled, but it is another to be led by your own heart. I have pledged my allegiance to General Cargan. I will do the mission. But that does not mean that my heart can be led by him or anyone else. Well, you know our way. He rolls over into his side and looks at you and just says, all you and I ever need to do is find grounds for his incompetence to remove him from his command. And I have a feeling Cargan one day will present us with that. We shouldn't have to work so hard for that to happen. If he is a fool, if he is incompetent, 
Why waste time spinning our own wheels? If you move against him too quickly, you will not have the support of anyone. And you will be called a traitor. I get out of bed and, um... Is there a replicator or something here? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna replicate some blood wine. Okay. He sits up in the bed too, the steel slab of a Klingon bed groaning a little bit as the weight of two people are now off of it. And naked, he also walks over to you and replicates a mug of blood wine and looks at you and just says, Gargan wants that warbird for his own glory, Bamir. There's something strange about all of this. Why would he just send you? Not that you are not capable, more than capable, but one ship. If he wanted it captured, I don't know. He has connections to Imperial intelligence that I don't. I just follow orders. I think you are wise to be cautious. But I think it is unwise to be in constant paranoia. Mm. He looks down at his mug and says, A warrior's mind is his greatest foe. I, um, I take my hand and I put it uh, against his face and turn his face towards me. I will be careful. And I will let you know if I am in need of help. He nods to you. just toss back the bloodline. Okay. Where's my armor? Mm. The two of you spend the next 10 minutes sifting through the wreckage of this room, uh, recovering your armor pieces and replacing them, putting them back on. Um, Before you part ways, um, as you're leaving the quarters, he says, Bamir. If you encounter this Mindak out there. Die well. Kapla. And the door closes. Also waking up, not in their own bed. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes flitter open a little bit. And you glance a little bit to your left at Dodge. You see a Bolian to your left, his blue arm thrown carelessly over you. To your right, Ensign Kelly, still sound asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, the blood wine's having its effect. Your head throbs a little bit. You can't imagine what these poor non-Klingons are going to feel like when they wake up. Um, what do you do? Everyone else is still asleep. Yeah, I see there's a fourth person on the ground who didn't quite make it to the bed. <laughs> okay. 
and I start to sneak out as much as I can, grabbing my clothes and armor on the way. Uh, I already got my intelligence from them in the course of the evening. Yes, I can tell you specifically what you learned. Okay, yes. Um, yes, thank you. The USS Ross was called away from the station abruptly. That ship apparently was supposed to be stationed here as sort of the diplomatic arm of the Federation. It was really unusual for it to be suddenly called away. And rumor is, is it was called away deeper into Federation Klingon territories. Um, Ensign Kelly didn't know too much about the whereabouts of the Ross, only that it was talked about across the station. You know for a fact that the Ross, it was an unusual order, and the Ross has been gone for an extended period of time. Um, she did not go towards Shackleton Expanse. Hmm. That much you know. Yes, it was a very successful evening for intelligence and for other needs. Uh, after I'm fully dressed, I lean over to all the members lying about, give them a kiss on the forehead and slap them on the ass. <laughs> and you make your way out of your quarters back to your duty shifts. Um, it's fun because as everyone starts to filter onto the bridge to begin the shift on the Borku, as everyone is congregating for the, uh, the departure of the ship, everyone who's gathering onto the bridge, you can tell what kind of nights everyone had because the commander's bite marks are visible. Adage has a certain... Aura. Meanwhile, Omek has bruises across the side of his face, and Kotar has a split lip and what looks like a blood vessel popped in the eye, where a big bruise has been starting to swell up around, even for a cling around the bone structure. Um, and then there's Omek, or I'm sorry, and then there's Ramyan, who looks like chill, had a normal night, nothing happened. Everyone resuming their stations. And what I add, uh, Ramyan is absolutely Bill Murray at the end of Ghostbusters in this, where everyone's covered in like marshmallow, but you're fine. Like everyone looks totally, you look totally fine. Um, yeah, you guys take your stations. Kotar, may I remind you? That would be 1,000 Darsec for me. You can transfer it to my account when you're ready. That's not fair. You got that soft-headed Remen. This fool would not drop. I wanted to nerve pinch him, but I felt bad. He was still trying to find some honor, but I'm a man of my word. I'm Be a man of your word. Be a man of your word. You got lucky. <laughs> I'm just glad you two didn't make me a liar yesterday. Know that. Everything you said was facts. I am a mountain. I am great. And Omek is also a wonderful warrior. Now, <laughs> all of Narenda straight Station shall know what great warriors the crew of the Borku really are. And I look over to the commanders. Or great other things as well. Okay. All right. Without anything else to do then, the IKS Borku begins to pull away from Narendra Station, setting a course 
for a sector in space that is currently considered off limits. You're heading to what is sometimes rather informally referred to as the Iconia sector. This is so named because it is the same sector that had that shares a uh, border with the Romulan neutral zone that has the world, the homeworld of Iconia, which is an ancient world of an old civilization that does not exist anymore. At warp seven, it will take you 18 days, eight hours and 40 minutes. So it is a long trip. Um, we'll go ahead and just do the Ikeas Borku jumping to warp. The journey is completely uneventful. You are not in the Shackleton Expanse. Shackleton is behind you. You're actually headed closer to the Romulan neutral zone right now, near the borders of Klingon and Federation territory. The coordinates that were given to you seem rather specific. And what you learn, uh, Commander, is that there seems to be some kind of access point that the Romulans have been using in the sensor nets across the border. It's believed, according to the reports that you have from Klingon intelligence, that this is where the Ahalia is getting in and out of space in this area, through this sector. Of course, it's hard to, to really tell. It's literally an invisible needle in a haystack. But this is the best that the Imperial intelligence has to go on. We're going to begin the scene off after 18 days of travel. The IKS Borku exits warp. Emerging, you can do a sensor sweep, which is sort of standard issue when you're coming out of warp. So let me go ahead and have you make a roll, Omek. And is Remember, there anything? Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Is there is there anything special that needs to be done for it to be? What was it? A neutron scan that we got equipped with? Yes. So you actually, your computers are now outfitted to be sensitive to detecting neutron radiation surges in particular which means you're going to have a lower difficulty on detecting the footprints of what could possibly be a Romulan Warbird. Also, you are under orders for silent running, so I'm going to go ahead and assume you engage the cloaking device. Um, so, yes. which in Klingon, by the way, is Shahwi Yachu. Um, three, spin three power off your character sheet, off the Borku character sheet. And the Borku goes from looking like a fearsome battleship of the Klingon Empire to nothing more than a slight distortion traveling through space. There's this hushed noise as she cloaks. You guys become invisible. Now on silent running, the Borku is not allowed to communicate with home base. You're on your own. Uh, that being said, I'm going to have our science officer, as you're entering the sector, science officer is going to go ahead and make a roll. So, Omek, you are going to be rolling reason plus science, and you're going to be assisted by the Borku. Who would like to roll for the IKS Borku? I'll do it. Okay, so it's 1d20. And... <clears throat> You are going to roll, for the Borku, you are going to roll sensors plus science, which for the Borku is 11. <laughs> You're a Klingon warship. That's got to feel a little jarring, huh, Lisa? <laughs> 
going from the Sally sensor suite to um, <clears throat> literal opposite. Literal opposite. Your sensors are nine. It is the opposite of what Sally had. So um, go ahead and make your roll. The difficulty of this, I'm going to set it at one, and I will let you obtain information through uh, momentum spins. Um, because we have gone through two more scenes, by the way, um, you guys have lost two momentum from your pool. So subtract that down from your pool. This is a chance to gain that back. So go ahead and make your roll. Difficulty is one. Phil, feel Success. free to spin momentum. Oh, too late. Never mind. Oh, sorry. How many successes did you roll? Oh, I just did the one die. My bad. I'm sorry. No, no, no. The one die is for Chris. I'm bad. Success. I have um, an 820. And if you want to spend momentum, you can to gain that extra third die. So do we have two or three momentum? I think we have five. Four? No, six. You we have, have four because you had this and I took away two from changing the scene. So, okay. yeah. So, Chris, you'll roll one die. Philip, you'll roll two for your science score. I got a five. Two successes for me. Two successes. And how many successes did you get, Chris? One. I got a five. Okay. So three successes total. You'll gain back two momentum that you just lost. So you're back up to six. All right. So the Borku Undercloak does a sensor sweep. <clears throat> Here's what you discover. Um, about a light year away, there is a system with a red dwarf star. Looks like it has four non-stellar objects in system. And you're detecting energy signatures uh, that are not naturally reoccurring. At this distance, you cannot tell what they are, but you are detecting what seems like energy signatures, possibly warp trail signatures, coming from the neighboring system about a light year away. A short hop at warp one. What would you like Commander, to do? Commander, should we figure out if this might be the uh, Romulan vessel that we're looking for. It's only a light year yeah. away. Yes. Uh, is there any other information you can gather from that scan, Lieutenant Omek? Unfortunately not. There's uh, only a couple of... No, unfortunately not. Not at all. I, I need to get closer in order to figure out. Then let's get closer. We don't know if it's uh, Romulan or if it's the Ross, right? Uh, yeah, you actually don't know where this energy signature is coming from or what the nature of it is. It's not naturally occurring, though. It's, it's very likely the presence of, or at least the presence of what may have been a ship. Should we cloak again and get closer? Well, you're still cloaked. Oh, <laughs> let's get closer, yeah. Yes, well, let's it. get closer. Okay, so then that's going to be Ra'amyan's job. Setting course for those coordinates, Commander. Engage. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and make you roll for this, uh, Quincy. So give me a control, uh, control con roll, and whoever wants to roll for the IKS Borku, this is going to be an engine's con roll. Can I? What's, what's that? What's the difficulty? Difficulty of this is one. You said engines con for the Borku? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm going to preserve our momentum. I feel like we can hit a one. Probably yes. Good plan. One success from the Borku. Three successes if I count Helm Operations. Mm-hmm. Okay, Otherwise, Helm Operations count. So you're actually able to take the information that's transferred to you from the science station, plot a course to the location of where this energy signature is, and jump. When you come out of warp, you're just on the edge of the system. It is indeed a red dwarf system. It looks like this system is just a system filled with rocks and comets. What you immediately detect on a sensor scan um, is that this is just a dead system in space. Looks like a red dwarf that's surrounded by debris. It's possible, since this system has gone through its cycle, that it, the, the, when this red dwarf was a giant, it probably ended up destroying half the planets in the system. And what's left is what's left. However, because you rolled so damn well on that helm, on that helm roll, when you come out of warp in the system under cloak, you immediately come into range of the energy signature. In fact, you come into visual range with such precision as you come out of uh, warp. So, up on the view screen, you see a debris field. Looks like you can catch the glint of metal being refracted in the light of a distant red dwarf star. But it's clearly a debris field. More sensor sweeps! Can we do that? Another round of scans. Another round of scans? Initiating sensors, Commander. Okay. So this is going to be another difficulty one check, and then if you want more information, you can spend momentum to gain information. So go ahead and make the roll. I'd like to uh, spend the momentum if everyone doesn't mind. Get oh, that yeah. third dive and uh, three. Ooh, I got a one and 11. Two successes. You got a one? Yes. So that's that a critical success. Critical Oh, nice. So that's three successes. Hey. Oh, wait, and then I got to roll my other one. Hold on. Three. Uh, so that was 2d20. So who's rolling for the Borku? I can do it. Go ahead and make your roll. Uh, once again, that is sensors plus science. A one. Okay. I don't know if we'll get uh, crit successes, but... Uh, not on assist rolls, no. So you actually get uh, four successes total. So you can bank that. Um, that's, that's good. <laughs> right off the bat, I'll go ahead and tell you. You are scanning what seems to be the remains of a Tellarite trader freighter. It looks like some kind of cargo hauler but is distinctively Tellarite in origin. Uh, judging from the energy signatures that you get in this debris field, it looks like uh, plasma energy has enveloped most of the metallurgy that has remained floating in space around here. Shall what do you we do? More? Wait, does debris mean that, like, a ship exploded here? It is what's left of a ship. And yes. it was a Tellarite ship, but there's no sense that there was, like, the Romulan or the Federation ship through here. If you want more information, you have to burn momentum to get it. Burn the momentum! 
Do we have the the excess momentum from all those things, or are we capped yes, off? You, at six? you can you can make that as an immediate spend. And Omek, if I remember correctly, you have a talent that'll actually help you here. Yes, cautious uh, science, or no, uh, studious. Uh, obtain information. Yes. Yes. You basically get a free ask, so you can ask me one question for free if you spend momentum. You get one question, you can ask an immediate question for free. Can I have help from my crew to ask a question? Because yes. I mean, Absolutely. these, these yeah. Tellurites are, are a different species, correct? It's a species that... Yeah, that's not a question that I'm going to count against you. Yes, Tellurites okay. are a different species, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, do you they're get part of the Federation, too. Mm -hmm. They're a part of the... Fe they're a Federation species, yeah. Maybe we should find out what type of weapons uh, destroyed the ship, or, or how the ship got blown up if it was weapons. Or however, maybe uh, uh, see if they were carrying any of the uh, Trillium D, if it was a, a freight. Yeah, is there yeah. any way to search for that? Do we have any sensors to find the Trillium D, or if there's anything alive in this debris? If you are spending the momentum, you can ask that question, yes. Yeah. I mean, what's I mean, the most thing we're trying to figure out right now? Is it like where the Romulans are, or where the Ross is, or what happened here? The Trillium D stuff, right? Well, that's, yeah, it's like four things that we want to know. Um, Whatever we ask will reveal which way we go, right? Because if it's, if it's like well, Romulan weapons, then we know Romulans might be close. If it's just like excess supplies, we might know that that's what we're trying to find. Yeah, and we know that there's plasma energy, like on, like the debris field, it has plasma energy radiating from it. So it's probably plasma, some type of plasma weapon. So I guess if we can find out where what type of ship has that kind of weapon, then yeah, it would let us know who was here and who did this. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. What is, okay, so go ahead and tell me what your question is then. This is the first, and remember, you can keep spending momentum to keep asking questions. Uh, should we ask the, uh, the plasma trace that is found in space or what ship, what vessel is it coming from? Correct? Okay, is that your question? That's the one we want to ask, right? So we can okay. figure out what, what it is. Okay. So your scans, as a sign, this is essentially these questions that you're asking is essentially Omec's mind working through and reaching conclusions based off of all the sensor data that you're getting at the science station. You're detecting high levels of trilithium isotopes, which is a signature use in Romulan plasma torpedoes. It is something the Romulans are known for using and they have mastered using these types of weapons. What makes plasma torpedoes so vicious is not only are they incredibly disruptive and powerful, but they are also persistent, which means they essentially impact the hull of a ship and will burn it in space. They're very dangerous weapons. That's the answer to your first, that's the uh, first now that we know that it was a Romulan ship, uh, are we able to maybe figure out what it hit based on the material, the, 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 I guess the particles that are out in space floating around of the ship, of the other vessel that it hit? Do we also want to know if it might still be around? That might be a, yeah. or, or how far it got? Or is there a trail yeah, or something? Yeah. What's your question? Commander. You make the call, Commander. Well, I think, uh, yeah, is there a trail? 
uh, some type of energy trail leading away from here that the Romulan vessel went on. And then your question about the, what was your question, Phil? I think that was a good question. Uh, what other, what other ship, like uh, based off of now that we know that it was a Romulan uh, vessel that shot. Well. So you, your question, Philip, was Trillium D. You wanted to know if there was traces of Trillium yeah. D, if I remember correctly. Um, right, right. Right, yes. Really, yes. Okay, so that's going to be three questions total, so you'll have to spend another point in momentum, but you're going to get this one for free. Um, you do detect faint, faint trace elements of what appears to be neutron radiation lingering in the area. It's so slight that you can't actually pinpoint its precise location, but sensors are detecting its presence uh, within about 10,000 kilometers of the vessel. Like how long ago was this fight? Do we have information that tells us was this, this just happened or was this a while ago? You, you Is that another question? That's another question. How much momentum do you have left to ask? What's that? How much now, remember, you guys had you guys had immediate momentum spins. So we have a bunch. Yeah, but right now we only have three momentum. No, remember, one momentum got you two questions. Then you asked a second question. And also, we we were we. I don't think we've like dipped into our our actual momentum because we had a bunch That's of bank. Correct, because you had yeah. extra momentum. So you guys are still sitting pretty on momentum right now. Let's just use it. We so can't ask keep all it. All the questions. Yeah. What would you like Where to ask? That. Where are these Romulans at? I want to fight someone. Um. So what is the question? <laughs> does Does that trail show that there's someone still close by? Like, can we so try? I, to I, won't, I won't. I won't count that against your questions. There's nothing to indicate that there's anything nearby. The trail is so faint that it was probably it has probably since expired. Okay. Like, it is incredibly faint. The how long ago question might be good then. How long ago, you can get an approximation of that based off of the isotopes that are still lingering on the pieces of the hole, the trilithium isotopes that are present with Romulan plasma torpedo weapons. I'd like to do a, a scan. Do I have to roll? No, this, you've already rolled for the scan. This is spinning momentum for the question. Can we ask, where is the Romulan ship so that we can go attack them? That's... <laughs> could you just give me the plot? Can I just... Could you please just, like, spend a momentum and tell me? <laughs> can we can we spend a momentum uh, on the trilithium isotopes to get more detail on those? If your question is how long ago this attack happened, we can use that information and I'll answer you. Yes. Let's do that. Okay, so the question is, how long ago did this, it, this attack happen? Based off the deterioration of the isotopes, you can approximate this probably happened within the past four days. What's a good question to get us to where the action is? <laughs> I will not solve mysteries for you, but I will give you this. You still had one question if you want to ask it now. Uh, uh, Philip wanted to know, uh, Omek was going to ask about the Trillium D to find out if there are traces of Trillium D. Yeah, so if you want to burn, yeah. the, okay, so everyone burn the momentum for that. 
And I'll go ahead and answer. Yes, you detect small traces of Trillium D within the debris field. You're also detecting a faint life sign. Oh, let, 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 get that life, get that life. Let's go get it. Um, in the debris field, it would appear that there is a life pod of some kind that is drifting about 20,000 kilometers away from the debris itself. You might have missed it, but it's actually near a cloud of, uh, it's actually where you're detecting the trilithium. Can we beam it? Mm -hmm. oh, yes. Uh, exactly. can beam, it beam it, bro. Back, let's beam it, bro. <laughs> we need to put that on a mug with a Klingon symbol. Beam it, bro. Just all across the mug. <laughs> all right. Um, this is going to be an operations check. It's not going to be easy. So I'm going to actually get... Uh, I'm actually going to ask our security chief here to beam this on board. So this is going to be a control engineering check. Okay. So Kotar, make a control engineering check. The Borku is going to be rolling. Um, I'm going to have the Borku roll computers and engineering. So whoever wants to roll for it, and the difficulty for this is two. Can anyone assist as well? Um, yes. If anybody has, actually, yes. Uh, Omek could assist, and actually, technically, uh, Ramyan could assist as well. One or the other could assist. I am not good with computers. <laughs> I fly the ship, but I don't <laughs> use the search engines. I have in the nick of time where you can see that an engineering or science task as an extended task, you score one additional work for every effect rule. Right. That that's, to this? that's for extended tasks, and this isn't an extended task. It's just for straight up roll. So this would be an assist. We need and, three, three successes for this? Uh, two successes, and Ramyan, you're going to be rolling reason science on this for the assist. And whoever is rolling for the Borku, you are rolling 1d20, and you're rolling computers plus engineering. Isn't Kotar doing it? Ramyan. Yeah, Kotar is actually making... No, Kotar is making his skill roll. I need somebody to roll for the Borku, and then Philip is assisting. Oh, I'll oh, roll. Oh, okay. Yeah, who's rolling for the Borku? I rolled for the Borku! You rolled for the Borku. Okay. You rolled for the Borku? Eight will do it. Okay. Um, Did anyone you... assist? What's that? No assist? No I assist. thought Omek was assisting. Omek is assisting. Oh, okay. Great, great. So you rolled a yeah. d20, Omek? What did you get? Eight. Yeah. Okay, Kotar, tell me what you got. I got do one success. It's okay. I got one success. So, so that's three successes total then? Yeah. Okay. There's a little bit of difficulty locking onto this pod. It's a lot of interference coming from the Trilithium, but you're able to get it in. What you discover is there is a life form inside this pod that's clutching or is present with the Trilithium. It beams onto the cargo, uh, into the cargo hangar of the Borku. You hear confirmation from your officers down below decks 
that it has successfully beamed on board. And they have a security team surrounding it right now. Can we go over there? <laughs> yeah, co definitely. Co at least Kotar and Omic. Captain Guerrero. If not all of us. I'd like to go down there with my tricoder. Okay. Maybe we should all go down there. Commander, don't Never go down in case Captain pops out and tries to kill us. We need you. Okay. I'll be friendly. It could I'll be a Tellerite survivor. I'll go because I'm medical. Okay. So who all's going? Okay. So the three of you. The heavy doors to the cargo bay open as you step out of the darkly lit corridors of the Borkun into the more brightly, more widely lit cargo space. This place is a little more well lit because it kind of has to be for safety reasons. Sitting in the middle of this empty cargo bay, though, is what looks like this cylindrical pod. It's maybe about six feet by four feet, laying just calmly in the center. From the markings on it, it looks like it's a civilian escape pod of some kind. There is a series of windows all around it, but they're difficult to see and they look frosted. It's like one of these windows that probably are protecting whoever's inside from the rays of a sun. And as you approach, one of the security officers nods to you and says, we're ready to open it when you order us to. Ready your weapons on it and get it done. Disruptor pistols all aiming. <laughs> There's this hissing sound and it and like a coffin, it just slides down. And inside, you see a very disoriented looking Tellarite who, big thick beard, dressed in what looks like fine clothing, clutching a couple of canisters to his chest. And he blinks a little bit behind this big thick blonde mess of hair. And he looks at all of you and through two very large thick teeth in the front of his face just goes, um, I come in peace. I grab yeah. him out of the pod. <laughs> you pull him up out of the pod. <laughs> He's about five and a half feet tall. Looking up at you, he just goes, oh, uh, hello. Uh, thank you for rescuing me. Nice to I meet grab you. What's in his hands. You what? I grab what's in his hands. Okay, and you reach forward and swipe the two canisters out of his hands. He goes, oh, um, Yes, my gift to you for rescuing me. Uh, take them. I, I don't need them anymore. I've lost everything. Oh. Um, I, I, I asked Kotar, can you just gently throw him to the ground? And uh, I do a medical stunt on him. You're going to throw him to the ground? <laughs> he hits the ground and he puts his hands up and he goes, I'm not resisting, I'm not resisting. You yeah. run a scan? Yeah, I'm going to squat over him and run a scan on him. Okay, we'll set this at, um, we'll just say this is a quick medical scan because it would be a difficulty zero roll. If you want to go ahead and make the scan real quick, um, this is going to be, this will probably be a good chance to build some momentum back up. <clears throat> so I would say make a reason medicine check, difficulty zero. I got a three. Okay, so that's gonna hit your specialty if I remember correctly. So you're gonna get two six, did you roll 2d20? Oh, no, I just rolled one. That's what I thought, you need to roll two. Two? Yep, 2d20, you got a three, what was the other one? 10. 10, okay, so how many successes? Two. 
Two successes. Okay. Um, go ahead and bank two momentum. Your scans show that he has probably been surviving inside of this pod for about four days. Um, he is severely dehydrated. He's probably really hungry. And the beacon on that pod looks like it wasn't functioning. This is a poorly maintenanced life pod. Otherwise, he seems to be a normal middle-aged male Tellarite. Can I bend down and pat him on the head and say, little man, what happened when the Romulans attacked your ship? How did you end up in the expanse? Whoa. How did you know about that? I have eyes and we did searches. Uh, well, I suppose there's no reason to try to hide this. I, um, I was uh, delivering what I thought was a legitimate shipment. I didn't realize it were Romulans until the transfer began to take place. I thought the cloaking device was a bit of a giveaway. They were giving me coordinates to beam my shipment to nowhere. But uh, instead of paying me with the latinum that I was owed, they opened fire from out of nowhere. I had just enough time to get to my escape pod. And then I lost everything. Can I hit my calm? Yeah. Captain, um, the little man um, got played by the Romulans. Uh, they blew up his ship instead of paying him. It's long and short of it, really. Pun not That's intended. That's exactly like Romulans. Should we bring him up to the deck? Yes, actually, why not make him comfortable? He's been through a lot. You can bring him to uh, quarters. Okay. So the sort of the captain's ready room? Yeah, okay. uh, I help him to his feet and I pat him on the back and I say, let me get you some fermented targ milk and some uh, fresh gach for you to dine on to help you relax a little bit. That sounds lovely. Thank you. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and I <laughs> so we'll cut to the ready room where he is currently sitting at a table being surrounded by Klingons looking down at him. He's got this cup of fermented targ milk that he's still pulling it out of his beard as it's kind of clumped into the top part of his this beard. And he's just like, that is definitely fermented targ milk. It's delicious. Thank you. That was just what I wanted to drink after four days in a pot. Blasters are good for your lungs. So, what happens to me now? Who is your point of contact? Oh. There's a trader, a Ferengi trader. I've been using him for a while now. Captain Skag, I've been doing business deals with him out on this side of the space for months. 
Anyway, he thought he was setting me up with what looked like a pretty profitable deal as playing middleman. Got me in contact with the right people. Easy shipment. It's not like I was selling anything illegal. Certainly not in this area of space. I just wasn't allowed to know who I was selling it to. I was a little suspicious at first, but the money couldn't argue with the money. And now... What cargo? What? What was your cargo? Oh, um, Trilithium D. Lots of it. I'm not entirely sure what they needed with it. Um, it's relatively easy to get a hold of these days, but you have to be... <laughs> You have to be Federation, since the only known source of Trilithium D in the Quadrant is in Federation territory. So that's where I came in. Uh, met Skag on Risa. Hooked me up with the deal. Supposed to go back and meet him there after this whole ordeal was over. We were going to share a little bit of the profit. I'm not entirely sure Skag knew that these were Romulans either. Ryza, you say? Skag is still there now? Well, I don't know. I was supposed to rendezvous with him in the next three days. There's no way you can make that rendezvous at this distance. But then again, Skag was always late. To everything. My birthday party. You live a very sad life, little man. Captain, uh, as we say, never trust a Ferengi who doesn't collect his debts. And there seems to be a Ferengi who is not collected on his due. Um, what is your stance on going to find him, this skag? Well, I think our new friend our new Tellerite friend. Did we get your name? Oh, uh, no, uh, Woth. Captain Woth of the Grib. Or was the Grib. Now it's Gribs scattered about space. It's my birthday present. You make me so sad, Captain Woth. Uh, ooh, Woth. W-O-T-H. Woth. Kind of like... Woth. Woth. That's, yes. Woth. How about we open these uh, little vessels you got as a birthday present, huh? Can we open them, Kotar? Trilithium D in there. That's all that's left of what I have. Oh, Captain... Captain Woth, if you give us the Trilithium D and also help us find more, we'd be happy to help you make this rendezvous with Skag and assist you however we can in getting your payment. Hmm, that's an interesting proposition. I mean, getting more isn't easy, but, um... I mean, for Klingons, but... That's I might be I able to pull that off. What's that? I believe that we met for a reason. There's a reason why you were floating in space for four days, and we, a Klingon vessel, came to your rescue. It's true. I suppose that, that's a good point, actually. It does seem kind of like fate. I mean, actually, why were you out here, anyway? 
Well, let's just say the Romulans who took you out, we would like to take them out. But better not ask too many more questions. It is oh, not look like a gift targ in the tusks. That's a very wise saying. Um, yes. Well, it could be possible for me to secure my Trilithium D. I don't know if I can get it in the same quantities that they were asking for, but I could probably pull something together. It will be expensive, though. And there is a queue as well, uh, a line, if you will, uh, formed for people who want to purchase it. But I also know, I also know a few people who might be able to help me get it a little bit. Okay, sorry, I'm thinking out loud, but essentially I think I can help you here. And for doing this, you would be willing to get me to Skag? Yes. Um... How would we be paying for this? I, I, I can't simply just ask them for Trilithium D. It's quite expensive. Uh, I turn to my senior officers and I say, do we have Trillium. the money? Trillium D. Trillium D. Gotta get that right. Do you have the money? You guys actually really like if if you wanted to you can actually contact imperial intelligence or contact your government to try to to wire transfer it's possible yes we but are you as a ship you, you as a ship is about like uh, imagine like a warship of the modern u.s navy going do we have enough money to buy this thing like it's more of like you would need to use your personal accounts <clears throat> or uh get permission to use resources of your government would we be able to uh, synthesize Trillium D? Or not really. Not really. It's pretty complex. Even in this period of history, it's not. It's not. You can synthesize it. It's not going to have the same effects. It's. It's. It's a pretty unique mineral. So I guess my question here is: Are we trying to get Trillium D for the ship to put it on, or are we trying to go to Ryza to? Uh, you know, confront the Ferengi captain or try and still to look for the Romulan Ross spaceships. What is our goal right now? I think that if we do find this skag, we can A, get some Trillium as Omec wants to make sure that we're set with, and we might have a lead on how this skag has been in contact with this Romulan, which you know, sounds like it's the the Mindak Mindak that we're looking for. And if it's not, they'll know. Kotar, the Ferengi clearly set this 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 guy up. So if we find him, we'll find the Romulans. I'm very confident in that. Real quick, real quick, it does. You're holding the canisters, right? Yep. Okay. There are essentially rocks on the inside. Trillium D's on the inside. Are they doing anything? Are they just How, much, how much did we need? <laughs> What's that? How much did we need? We have these two canisters right here. A lot more than two canisters. Uh, I say we go shake down that skag. That's what I want to do is shake down skag. <laughs> the Tellerite giggles a little bit and says, 
I confess, I, I, I would like to see that. I think we have a plan. Well, great. You're all my new friends, <laughs> right? We're all friends here now. Uh, we are gonna... all friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Commander, may I ask you a question? Um, he kind of swivels the targ milk around in his cup and just says, I, I don't want to put in, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to ask too many questions that I shouldn't know, so I'll try to be very limited in what I ask you, but I, I do want to know, why was my ship destroyed? Do you, you seem to know about what's going on. I, I delivered the payment as necessary. Have I done something wrong? Should I know about? Can I do a quick insight command? Yes, you may. Difficulty uh, is one. It is a contested roll. Okay. Make an insight command check. Can I? Uh, you all mind if I spend a momentum? Good God. Since we're towards the end anyway. Good God. <laughs> I don't know. It's true. You have the advantage of this being a show, so you know that it's up at 9.30 and you can burn your momentum as you need to. Maybe not all of it. I don't trust Eric to not give us a surprise surprise attack. <laughs> you see yeah. that, Ox Crew? They've only been playing with me one game and it's already sunk in. <laughs> it's true. All right. So go ahead and make your roll. Um, all right. 14 is my target. I have no, yes. Oh, one success. One success. Okay. Um, so I rolled a 20 and a 19, oh. so that's going to be a failure on his part. So here's what you get. This, this Tellarite is you just you get the sense that he's kind of a bull in a china shop he he probably he's a hundred percent sincere he seems to be a genuine nice tellerite who probably trusted the wrong people and is in a shitty situation as a result um ships are not cheap and he is currently his state his mood right now is deep sadness he, he probably, that ship was probably his home. Yeah. And he looks like he's just looking for answers when he glances up with you with those big black eyes and he just says, I, 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 why was I betrayed? There, I want you to understand something, Woff. First of all, this was not your fault. You did not know that you were dealing with people who were without honor. And that mm. is the only reason I can give you of why you were betrayed. Those were people without honor. We will help you to restore what you have lost. That's all you need to know. Well, thank you, Commander. I, I, uh... I, I don't want to sound rude, but I wasn't expecting to hear that from... I just haven't had very many good encounters with Klingons, and that's probably my fault. I could probably do a little bit better understanding other cultures, I confess. 
I take out my dick talk and I boop him on the nose with it gently, like boop. And I say, well, Klingons are cooler than you think. I, <laughs> we're gonna help ya. We're gonna hunt down this Ferengi stag. Do you, do you do that with the blade end or the hilt end? <laughs> the flat end of the blade. Okay, you tap this bladed dick. You stick that right in his face and tap him on this smooth nose that he has. You just bop him and he goes, <laughs> and you deliver your speech and he just goes, ah, you good for me. <laughs> and I'm, I love learning. <laughs> it's good to learn more things about other people. Yeah, and then I put my forehead right on his forehead and I say, we're gonna help you! <laughs> Practically spitting into his beard. He just goes, okay! <laughs> All right. Um, 30 minutes later, Everyone gathering together on the bridge is a quick reminder. Commander, you were under strict orders to stay here on the borders of Romulan space. Violating that order in the Klingon hierarchy could cost you your command and your life. However, it doesn't mean you can't dispatch a team of crew members to go have this meeting as needed. Yes. So that's something that you as a crew member, and we won't we won't say who it who it is just yet, but that's somebody that you'll need to probably about three three members of your senior staff could be good to go. I will instruct our engineer, Riek, to equip a shuttle and make sure it's ready for a special away mission. So here's the kicker, and this is going to drive you nuts, Aliza. You're in a Klingon warship. You don't got a shuttle. You what? have zero shuttles. How? How? What? Because class does not have any shuttles. <laughs> so how do we... Well, you do technically have a Klingon captain who could probably do you a favor. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to call up my uh, my little friend. <laughs> your little friend. <laughs> All right. Um, in your quarters, typing in the code, as it takes a few moments, but you see a secure transmission established, and you see his face come up on screen, and he says, Bamir, you don't look like you're in combat. I'm not in combat. So what call is this? I need a different kind of favor that will help us complete our mission. I need, well, I need to send some crew members off on a mission and they need a ride. A ride? May I know 
what the nature of the mission is and where they would be going? It would be to Risa. And Risa? Yes, yes, to Risa. The nature of the mission is to help someone restore what they need so that we can get what we need to complete our mission. Something has happened out there. Yes, and the Romulans are afoot. Have you detected evidence of this Mindex warbird? Yeah, in a way, yes. In a way. You don't want to tell me over secure channels. It's best that you don't. So. You can't leave station. You need me to come get your people and take them to Risa. <sighs> this is one of the most bizarre requests I've ever received, Commander Bemir. I'm not like other commanders, Captain. No, you're not. He says that with just long enough of a draw to attach innuendo. And he lets it linger for a moment, and he just says... Very well. I will do this for you. But I will want a favor in return. That can be arranged. Good. If you do a good job. Hmm. <laughs> Send me your coordinates. I close the channel. <clears throat> All right. Channel closes. Because I, I really want to rib her and be like, how is that conversation going? <laughs> <laughs> you step back onto the bridge and the dodge is already leaning towards you, just like... <laughs> How did it go? <laughs> well, we have a ride coming. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, it does. Yeah, and we do a little high five. Ooh, a nice yeah. little high five. <laughs> okay. Um, and in the back of the bridge, uh, a Tellarite just goes, woo! We're that's what we do, right? Are we are we leaving now? Yes. Yes. Good. This <clears throat> is what we do. Kapla! <laughs> and with that. <laughs> holding at station keeping on the edge of the Romulan neutral zone and staging its own little covert operation to track down the dealer responsible for establishing this little sale, we leave the IKS Borku until next time. And our next story will be taking place this Friday on Risa. We will be hunting down an infamous Ferengi who has a lot coming his way. That'll do it for us tonight on Blood of the Void. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for our session tonight. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be catching you in our next session for Blood of the Void. Um, full game session will be next month. 
Until then, die well.